Welcome to another episode of the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. And in today's episode, we are going to talk some college football playoff rankings. The first rankings of the season came out here in week 10. We're going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk some coaching vacancies, Florida State, USC possibilities. Uh, we're also going to talk NFL. We're going to give you. Some, I'm going to give you some mid-season awards, teams up, teams down. I'm going to give you an MVP, some MVP picks. We're also at the end of the podcast. We're going to give you some picks for the weekend, some NFL picks and some college picks, or some uh, very juicy college and pro NFL matchups this weekend. So we're going to give you a couple of picks to uh, hopefully increase your bankroll. So. First off, just uh, give you a little. It's been a couple weeks since we've had an episode, so just give you a little update. We high school playoffs, football playoffs, has started in Florida. Had a high school playoff game last night down in beautiful Palmetto, Florida. Had a great game. Palmetto High School and Braden River High School, twenty-four twenty-one final. Awesome game. Went down right down to the wire. So hopefully we'll get another playoff game this week. We'll see. We should find that out at some point on Sunday or Monday. So looking forward to that. So uh, my knee, I had knee surgery back in September. My knee is probably about 85%, so feeling pretty good, being able to run around on the field a little bit. Still a little achy the day after, but uh, things are things are progressing on the on my meniscus front of my knee injury so I'm um, looking forward to getting back to full speed got a little uh, give a little shout out to my buddy Ray Henderson he's going to be at the Alabama LSU game on Saturday sitting up in the skybox so have a great time Mr. Ray and uh, I know I got a lot of Alabama friends and so we're going to have again we'll have a good little discussion about this Alabama LSU showdown but first let's get into the college football rankings, the, the playoff committee came out with their first set of rankings this week, and they go one through four, Ohio State one, LSU two, Alabama three, Penn State four. Kind of surprise here is probably that Clemson was was rated number five in, in, the, in the rankings. Again, these rankings, this is the first of the of, of four weeks of rankings. Not once in, since the college football committee has has formed several years ago have the first rankings of the top four teams been the same at the end so there'll be some attrition again you got LSU Alabama playing each other you got a potential uh, Penn State Ohio State playing each other Um, so there'll be some attrition Clemson at five you got Georgia at six then you got the Pac-12 teams Oregon and Utah seven and eight there's those eight teams plus I think Minnesota are, are the only nine teams that I think have a legitimate chance to make the playoff. Minnesota hosts Penn State. They'll have an opportunity to potentially, uh, if they win that game, to, to see Ohio State down the road. So those nine teams are the only nine teams I see that have a chance to be, to be one of the final four standing at the end. Uh, you got Oregon and Utah out in the Pac-12. They're going to need a little bit of help, a little chaos in front of them. But if both of those teams run the table at 11-1, and one, they would play each other in the Pac-12 championship game as an elimination game. Uh, Oregon coming off a nice win uh, 
last week throttling USC. Utah with a big win at Washington, a very tough place to play. They were down early, came back to win. So the I do think the Pac-12 has a chance here, uh, especially with Oregon. Oregon took Auburn to the, to the wire in week one, should have beaten Auburn, had Auburn, you know, outplayed Auburn for probably a good three quarters of that game, lost late. But um, so it's from, from a Pac-12 perspective, that's what they need to have happen. They need Oregon and Utah to be both one-loss teams going to the Pac-12 championship game. That will be an elimination game. And I think they would need a, the winner of that game would definitely probably be the five or six seed at worst. And with a little bit of help in front of them, an upset here or there, uh, have, definitely have an opportunity to uh, get in the Final Four playoff. You have Ohio State at number one. They have some, some controversy developing there. Chase Young, their All-American defensive end, just, is get, just got suspended for... Uh, for a impermissible benefits situation where he apparently there was a loan made a year or so back and uh, apparently that was just just discovered which is pretty odd how that's just discovered now at the, at the back end of the season but Chase Young's probably going to be suspended a, a two to four weeks what, from what it looks like so Ch again Chase Young's their all-american defensive end best defensive player in the country very high in the Heisman in the Heisman trophy uh, balloting uh, but uh, and, and will probably be a first top top three draft pick in the NFL draft. So that's a little bit of, of adversity Ohio State's dealing with. You got number two LSU. They go to Tuscaloosa Saturday to see Alabama. They're leading uh, sack 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 player on defense Michael Divinity Jr. He left the team this week. Kind of some murky circumstances around that. Not sure what's going on there. They said personal reasons. Who knows what that means? But no Michael Divinity Jr. for LSU as they go as they head to Tuscaloosa. Alabama number three. Obviously the the the, the question with Alabama is to his health with his ankle. He's gonna play Saturday in Tuscaloosa, but how effective will he be? How mobile? More importantly, how mobile will he be? Um, will he be able to be mobile in the pocket to get the ball out of his hands? Again, Alabama probably cannot afford a loss. If they lose to LSU and don't make the SEC championship game, it's going to be a very difficult uh, sell for them to get to the, to the playoff. Their strength of schedule has not been very good this year. Um, they've not played anybody out of conference, whereas if LSU were to lose the game in a good game, they can, they can rely on that. They've beaten Florida. They've beaten Auburn. They've beaten Texas. So they've got some big... Some big wins on their schedule where Alabama doesn't have that. So LSU, if LSU were to lose this game again, close game, good game, they could have a definite argument at the end at the end of, with the playoff committee to say, hey, we're one of the best four teams in the country, even though they don't make the SEC championship game. So you got Penn State with a big game at Minnesota on Saturday at twelve o'clock. Probably the biggest game for Minnesota go for football in probably fifty years. Minnesota and Penn State both come in 8-0. P.J. Fleck rode the boat at Minnesota, getting it done. Just signed a new huge uh, extension. P.J. Fleck's name was going to be bantied about in the Florida State search. So Minnesota did, did, their, did their duty and took care of P.J. Fleck and his staff. But again, the biggest game at Minnesota in probably 50 years in Minnesota. 
little surprising here that Fox did not take that game. Fox had the opportunity to take that game at 12 o'clock, and they chose to take Ohio State, Maryland, which I don't understand that one bit. Why would you not take the you know the biggest Big Ten game of the day, which is Penn State, Minnesota, uh, as your prime as your prime you know, your kickoff game for the day on Fox? If you've got the television rights and you've got the choice of which game you want. They take the Ohio State Maryland game, which is going to be a blowout city here. So I don't really understand what what Fox is doing on that one, but uh, but again, big game for Penn State. You got uh, great defense at Penn State. You got Sean Clifford at quarterback, very solid team. Not, I mean, very good defensively. The offensive, you got KJ Hamler at wide receiver playing very well. I think Penn's, uh, and we're going to talk about this game in the picks, but uh, very intriguing game. Little, little, some cold conditions up in Minneapolis today. It's probably going to be in the 30s. So it's going to be, again, interesting. Number five, Clemson. You know, this is probably, this is probably exactly what Dabo Sweeney wanted, wanted really deep down with his team. He knows that if he runs the table and wins the rest of their games, they're going to be in the top four. They're number five now. Gives, uh, Dabo some some talking points with his team, some motivational tactics with his team at number five. Look for Clemson to lay it on, lay it on the next two three weeks against teams. Score a bunch of points. Again, keep his team motivated because they know they have to they have to win pretty um, in order to move up. So I, I would look for Clemson to, to to play very well the next several weeks in a very weak ACC conference. Probably going to see Virginia in the championship game. But uh, Clemson definitely, if they win the rest of their games, they will be in the top four. Um, again, other than the Texas A&M game early in the season, not much of a uh, non-con, not much of a strength of schedule, uh, strong schedule this year. The ACC is not very good. They do have Wake Forest in a couple of weeks, which Wake Forest is ranked, and they're I think they're seven or eight and one. So that could be a little bit of a test for Clemson, but. Look for Clemson to uh, run out, and if they run out, they'll definitely be in the playoff. If they lose a game, they will not make it due to their strength of schedule, so Clemson cannot afford a loss. And number six, you got Georgia. Georgia coming off a big win against Florida in the uh, cocktail party last week. Not looking great on offense, but doing just enough to, to win the game. Fromm played okay last week. Defense was pretty good. Again, Georgia is a one-loss team that if they if they run the table, they're going to play Auburn in a couple of weeks. They're going to get an opportunity to play the SEC West champion in the in the SEC championship game. So Georgia, with one-loss Georgia, if they win the rest of their games, they're going to the playoff. So, um, again, the big thing with Georgia is offensively, not a lot of dynamic playmakers other than DeAndre Swift. Fromm has played good, not great this year. Uh, their offensive line is, has been was highly touted. They're very good. They're good doing a good job run blocking, pass protection, but Georgia doesn't have a lot of uh, star power on the outside at the wide receiver position or the tight end position. So, I think you're going you're to see them rely on DeAndre Swift, a controlled controlled passing game with From Lawrence Cager is they're probably their best receiver. He played well against Florida last week. Scored a big, had a long touchdown against Florida. So, uh, again, Georgia has, has everything in front of them in their own hands. Again, they play Auburn in a couple of weeks, and then, they'll, and then they'll see, you'll see them play Georgia Tech, and then you'll see them play uh, in the SEC championship game. So, Georgia is a one-loss team that does control their own destiny, so that, that, uh, 
definitely uh, will be something to keep an eye on these, these last four weeks of the season. So, all right, let's get to the – we'll get to some coaching news before we get to some of the, the, the couple of games, before we get to the Alabama-LSU game. Let's talk about some of the coaching uh, things. The big news coming out of Tallahassee. Willie Taggart gets a run at Tallahassee. Florida State, not a good fit from the get-go there with, with Willie. Not a lot of support. You know, he, he kind of got the job un, unimpeded. There really wasn't much of an interview process as far as them selecting Willie. Willie was, was at Oregon. Willie uh, was at Oregon for one year. He was previously at University of South Florida here in Tampa for several years. Did a good job here. I think uh, he's known as a great, as an excellent recruiter, but he's not known as a great X's and O's football coach. And I think that's where he kind of got in trouble at Florida State. Is you got I mean, he, he sounds like he's had some good recruiting classes as far as some good kids athletically, but you have to be able to coach him up in a scheme. You have to be able to develop them and make them better. The one thing you never saw at Florida State the last two years, you didn't see guys getting better. The offensive line has been a disaster for two years. The, uh, the skill players have not shown to be elite skill players. Other than Cam Akers, which was recruited by Jimbo Fisher, we really haven't seen guys emerge. Uh, the, these, these young guys, these, these freshmen, sophomores, you haven't seen much of, that, of those guys emerge from a development perspective. So... Willie didn't do, do himself any favors with the media either. He had a couple of uh, gaffes in the media talking about, you know, his, his, his players early in the season were had a dehydration issue against Boise State, and he was, you know, lamenting that where you have a home game in Tallahassee in August and, and, you're, and you're complaining about your guys not being in shape enough, whereas it's your program, it's your guys, it's your strength program, it's your conditioning program. Um, so... Just an all-in-all all bad look for Willie. Uh, Florida State had to write a huge check to get Willie out of there. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna net about set 15, 16, $17 million dollars in his buyout. Um, again, just a just a bad situation. It all came to a head last Saturday when the when the Hurricanes came a call into to Dope Campbell, took care of business and really beat them very very soundly, twenty-seven ten. Um, in Miami is a very average team this year, and you just can't have. The, I think that I definitely know that put the boosters and the in the, in the uh, decision makers over the edge Saturday night in Tallahassee when that team just got destroyed in, at home. Crowds have been way down, attendance is down, spirit is down. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the fundraising, the boosters uh, have been have been depleted on that end as well. So it's just time for a change in Tallahassee. Odell Hagens takes over as the interim coach. You got Jim Levitt on the staff now as, uh, as, a, as, a, as a consultant, quote unquote. You got Kendall Bryles as the offensive coordinator still. Names to be looking out uh, after for this job. Several names to be looking for. You had the, I made a prediction, I made a thought that P.J. Fleck would be high on their list, which I think he was. But Minnesota quickly re-upped him to a long-term extension, upped his pay to about $4.5 million a year. So P.J. Flex now out of the mix. Uh, the names, the big names you, you were hearing were Bob Stoops. Um, you were hearing possibly Urban Meyer, but that wasn't ever going to happen. Stoops, from what it sounds like, has said he's not going to be a candidate for the job. 
this job is something you, you got to have a little bit of star power here. You got to, you got to, and you got to have a, a guy that can coach. You know, it's great to have, you know, recruiters and all that that are great recruiters. But if you're the head coach at Florida State, you've got to be able to put in a system that can score points, that can stop people. Because when Florida State was dominant in the 90s and the 2000s, in the 2010s, they had dominant skill players, offensive and defensive linemen that could play, that were NFL, top-level NFL-type players. And they just don't have that right now. So... Names to be on the lookout for: Mark Stoops, head coach at Kentucky. He's got he's got some pedigree at Florida State. He was a very good defensive coordinator at Florida State for a couple of years before he got the Kentucky job. Obviously, he's got the Stoops connection. So you know, uh, and he's done a great job building the Kentucky program, making them very very competitive in the SEC. Another coach I think you're going to hear about here soon is Matt Rule from Baylor. He's done a great job rebuilding the Baylor program after all the scandal there. Matt Campbell, Iowa State, another young, young up-and-coming. He's an established coach at Iowa State, but he's young. I think he'd be a great hire for the Florida State uh, community. Um, Again, he's built built that uh, Iowa State program back up. Very, very competitive, very, very strong reputation around the country. A couple wild cards, Mike Leach, Washington State. Again, he's a little eccentric, but but what he has done a great job is he's assembled a great staff. He's done great work at Washington State. He did great work at Texas Tech. He loves Florida. He's got a place in Key West, so he's a big fan of Key West. So he knows the state of Florida, I think. One thing he will be able to do, he will be able to go out and get a quarterback. They will throw the ball all over the place. They'll be offensively oriented, which is good, but he's also done a good job in bringing in good defensive staff. You know, a guy like Jim Levitt could stay on the staff. Jim Levitt's an excellent defensive coordinator. But, again, Leach has shown the ability to bring in a good defensive staff. You know, he's very, uh, very, very media friendly, so you don't, wouldn't have any probably any issues there. Very student friendly. You know, he's, he teaches a class at Washington State. You know, he's very, he's very, he's very much of a thinker. and um, So I think he would be kind of a guy to be, to be on the lookout for as well. So, interesting thing that you're going to see here in Tallahassee in these next couple weeks. I think you're going to try to get this. Uh, they're going to try to get this hire wrapped up the day the the regular season's over with. Especially if they're hiring a coach that already has another job at another school. I think you'll see all the 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 deal making happen behind the scenes, and then the deal will be announced the day the regular season's over. If it's a guy that's currently in a job. Um, but again, don't be surprised if, if, if they go back to the well for Bob Stoops, if they'll keep him in the mix. Um, you're hearing some, some wild names. Deion Sanders is a candidate. No way, there's no way they're going to hire Deion Sanders. That's, that's not going to happen. So uh, USC, Clay Helton in big trouble at USC. They got throttled by Oregon last Saturday, 56-24 at home. Didn't look good. The key thing here at USC, they just hired and confirmed the hiring of a new athletics director. They brought in the AD from Cincinnati. So again, look for Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer will be the leading candidate for that job. If Urban wants the job, it'll be his job to take. They'll pay him a fortune to do it. They need, again, in LA, USC, you got to have star power. You got to have a big time personality as the coach. Urban's the, 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 the prime guy for that job. He wants the job. He'll bring instant credibility. He's a great coach, a great recruiter, star power, all that stuff to USC. 
think it's just a matter of time before Clay Helton gets relieved. Um, Clay Helton's a good coach. I think he would end up somewhere else. He could be a, a you know, he could be a guy, kind of a guy that could be a coach at a, at a mid-level Power Five type school and do a really good job. You know, even you know, mid-level SEC kind of job, mid-level Big Twelve kind of job. Um, so, I think Clay Helton, Clay Helton will get another job, head coaching job. He's done a pretty good job there. They've been decimated by some injuries and some and some scandal and all that kind of stuff. So uh, Lynn Swan did not do him a whole lot of favors, but again, I think you'll see a change at USC at the end of the year, and I think you'll see Urban Meyer as the new coach. Looks like Greg Schiano might be returning to Rutgers. If you remember, Greg Schiano built Rutgers back up uh, probably 10, 12 years ago. Did a great job making Rutgers very relevant in the Big Ten, in, in the Big East, but now the Big Ten. Rutgers is a dumpster fire right now as far as the football program goes. So I think. Uh, Shiano would definitely bring some, some some stability and familiarity back to that program. He would do, he'll do a good job recruiting that part of the country as far as keeping those players fairly close to home for the most part. And again, Shiano had a failed experiment in the NFL as the Buccaneers coach, which I know uh, very well. He uh, was very he's very much a disciplinary and very uh, rules oriented that kind of stuff. So, uh, but definitely much better fit at the college level, I think. Um, and Rutgers would be a good fit for all parties involved, I think, there. So I think you'll see uh, Shiano go to Rutgers here in the next week or so. Uh, so those are kind of the, the three big jobs that are that are open. There will invariably be one or two more jobs that are high-profile type jobs that open up for a variety of reasons. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, again, you know, jobs to be be to be aware of is potentially UCLA with but I think they'll keep Chip Kelly. I think he he'll survive. I don't think they'll be they've been playing much better the last uh several weeks. Um I think Chip Kelly will will get another run there. You know, don't be surprised if you see something come out of the blue in the ACC, maybe a maybe a Virginia Tech maybe. Um in the SEC, I don't think any of the I don't I, Auburn potentially again Gus Malzahn could be a wild card potentially to leave Auburn, maybe to go to a Florida State or something like that, because there's always been rumblings about Gus and them that never being happy with Gus. Arkansas has been a dumpster fire, so you you could see a move there. Um, that could be something with Gus Malzahn, who who has definite Arkansas ties from his high school days. So um, again, be on the lookout for you know for the for the coaching carousel to to get heated up here in the next couple of weeks. All right, so Alabama, LSU. Alabama's won eight straight matchups here. You got the number two and number three teams in the college football uh, rankings. You got one and two in the polls. So this is a game of the century situation in Tuscaloosa, 3.30 CBS Saturday. Danielson, Brad Nessler, all the, all the, all the, uh, dramatics and all the theatrics of, of, of this matchup again years past it was defense 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 now it's offense 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 you got joe burrow leading the lsu attack great receiving core good running back good offensive line you got Tua leading the alabama uh, attack with the three the three devastating wide receivers you got uh, Najee harris at tailback both teams struggle or struggling relative not not uh, relative to their normal standard, are, are a little bit down on defense this year, so it should be a, a lot of points in the game. 
Uh, I think that the, one of the keys to the game is which team can run the ball more in, in time of possession because both these teams don't want their defenses on the field for 90 plays. Both teams kind of run, run an up-tempo attack, especially LSU. So I think you're going to see Alabama really try to run the ball a little bit. Again, they're going to still throw it around because they got the elite wide receivers, but I think you're going to see a, an effort to establish the running game for Alabama to protect their defense a little bit, to protect Tua's ankle. They don't want Tua running around getting hit and getting you know rolled up on, those type things that happen when, you, when you're mobile and you're rolling out and those kind of things and you're scrambling. So they want to try to keep a controlled pocket for Tua. Again, offensive and defensive line play is going to usually dictate this, the winner of this game. So, again, Alabama's won eight straight of these matchups. Again, Joe Burrow will score points today. He's done a great job. He's probably the leader in the clubhouse for the Heisman Trophy. He'll most likely be a first-round draft pick in the draft. Um, so, great matchup. Tuscaloosa, 3:30 Kicking game. Look out for the kicking game today. Alabama's continued to struggle in the kicking game, both punting and place kicking. LSU's always been pretty good kicking the ball, so field position, the hidden yards of the kicking game, hidden yards, missed kicks, you know, uh, poor punts. So be looking out for that stuff when you're watching the game and not just all the offense and all, you know, just all the glitz and glamour of throwing the ball over the place. It's going to be the, the little things that are going to really make be a big factor in this game. So, uh, I'll give you a pick here at the end of at the end of the episode when we when we get to the picks. But my lean, uh, red, red, red. But uh, but again, great matchup. Again, this is a I, to me this is an elimination game for Alabama. If Alabama loses this game, I think they're out. I think LSU could absorb a loss as long as the game is close. If if LSU gets blown out, I think they're done too. But um, Alabama's the must-win game for Alabama at home. Tua, you got all the, you got all the everything in front of you. So uh, it's gonna be a great game. I can't wait to watch it, and I'll be uh, sitting there watching it just like you. So, all right. So, Powers on Sports Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. If you got any comments, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a, uh, a uh, email at sportspowers at yahoo.com, or you can send us a tweet. Our Twitter handle is at KickTheFB, like football, but FB, KickTheFB. Send us your comments. Tell your friends to subscribe. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. Uh, we're going to be soon to be on Pandora, so we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your subscription. You know, subscribe to the podcast. Send us some comments. All that kind of good stuff. So, All right. Let's give you some college picks. Some games today I like. We're gonna talk first. Let's get to the, let's get to Minnesota Penn State. Spreads about six and a half. Penn State favorite. I like Penn State in a teaser. I like Penn State Alabama in a teaser. Six point teaser. Just win the game. Both these teams just need to win the game. Six and a half is a big number on the road. Gun to my head, I would take Minnesota in the six and a half. I'd buy it up to seven. Um, but I do think in the Alabama LSU game, I'm gonna take Alabama. I don't think the spread's going to be involved. I think Alabama's either going to win by double digits or I think LSU's going to win the game outright. I don't think the, the six points is going to come into play. Um, but I do think, I do I do like Alabama at home. I think Tua, enough defense, uh, saving with two weeks to get ready. 
I think it'll be. I think you'll see the running game be a little bit of a factor today too for the Tide. So, give me Alabama today minus the six at home, and I also like them in a teaser with Penn State. A couple other college games that I like today. I like uh, you have Texas and Kansas State. I like Texas and Kansas State in a teaser. I like to tease down Texas. I also like Kentucky straight up today against Tennessee at home. I think this is a big game for Mark Stoops. I think Stoops could help cement his candidacy for the Florida State job with a big win over Tennessee, who's playing much better. It's a pick em game in Lexington. I like the home team there. Give me Kentucky at home. Um, also like Louisville today. Louisville's getting six and a half, seven points at Miami. Miami coming off a big emotional win last week in Tallahassee against Florida State. Typically, after a rivalry game, Miami has been down. They've not played well the week after a big rivalry game against Florida State. So I like Louisville in the points today. Um, at home, or in Miami, the game's in Miami. So that's a 3.30 kick in Miami. A couple other games that uh, be aware of. I like Boston College today against Florida State. Boston College game in, it's up in uh, Chestnut Hill. And just out of a sheer number perspective, Iowa, Wisconsin, the over-under is 38. And for an over-under to be 38 in a college football game is pretty, I mean, pretty incredible. So I'm just going to go against the, I'm going to go against the number. I'm going to go over 38. Just a hunch. No, no, no explicit data behind that, but I just think over 38. Give me over 38 Iowa, Wisconsin today. All right. National Football League. Week 10. Can you believe that? We're already in week number 10. Coming up. My Bucks, 2-6. and six. Lose another heartbreaker last week to the Seattle Seahawks. Let Russell Wilson throw for five touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Have, have, have the lead early, give up the lead, come back and tie the game, play well, go to overtime, lose the coin toss in overtime, and Russell Wilson goes down and splits us with a touchdown in overtime to put us in, put us in the in the grave one more time. So, my Bucks two and six going into the year and going into the second half of the season. All right, so we're at the midpoint. We're going to talk about th three or four teams on the rise, three or four teams in decline. I'm going to give you an MVP pick at the halfway point of the season, and then we're going to give you some game picks. So, all right, teams that are, you know, last week, week nine, the big story was New England getting bucked off by the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore Sunday night. Chris and Al, Lamar Jackson played very well. Patriots, um, First loss of the year. Everybody was touting their defense to being so good, but they had, they had difficulty stopping that running attack from from the Ravens. Ravens jumped out seventeen nothing. Patriots cut into the lead, and were driving to take the lead in early in the third quarter. Julian Edelman gets stripped on the Baltimore thirty. Marlon Humphreys picks it up and runs seventy yards for a touchdown. Kind of put the game twenty four made it twenty four thirteen. The Patriots scored to make it twenty four twenty. Can't get any closer. And then two long, excruciatingly long Baltimore drives in the fourth, in the second half. Put the game on ice. Patriots lose 37-20. Is Baltimore for real? 
good team in my opinion. Lamar Jackson's getting better. I like what he's doing. But in, when it when it comes nut crunching time in December, January, do I believe Lamar Jackson can go to Foxborough and win a game? Do I believe Lamar Jackson can win the game in Kansas City if he has to? I don't. I don't think he's quite there yet. He's getting there, but he's not quite there yet. But they do have a good, great running attack. The defense is pretty good. Um, but again, Baltimore, definitely a team on the rise. Should make the playoffs. We're going to go San Francisco 49ers, probably the surprise team in the NFL. 8-0. Got a huge Monday night clash this week against Seattle at home. Great defense. The front four is probably the, is the definitely the best front four in football. Very good secondary with Richard Dick Sherman back there in playing corner, playing very well. A couple of losses on defense. You know, Quan Alexander out for the year. Offensively, great running attack. Very creative on offense. Kyle Shanahan is a great play designer in the running game, especially. Garoppolo playing much better. Had a big game last week on Thursday night football against Arizona. Threw, threw for four touchdowns. They acquired Emmanuel Sanders, a huge addition to the wide receiving core. That's probably, That was probably their weakest uh, component of their team was their wide receiving core, but Sanders is a huge upgrade, a definite number one receiver for that kind of offense. He's going to be very, very good for them. George Kittle is really good at tight end. Got two good running backs in Breida and Tevin Coleman. So very much look out for the San Francisco 49ers. The Green Bay Packers. We're on a 7-1 run. Then they went out to the West Coast last week and took a scud. The Chargers knocked them off, played very well. Packers did not play very well. There was some innuendo that uh, maybe that the Green Bay guys had a little too much fun out in the West Coast when they flew out there Friday night. That was made to uh, Aaron Rodgers made that reference post game that Rodgers did not play very well either Sunday. So who knows, you know, how much of that he partook in. But uh, Green Bay 7-2 and two at the midpoint. Again, nobody probably thought that. He and uh, Matt LaFleur getting along pretty well. Um, offensively, they're playing pretty well on offense. Again, not a good game last week, but they've been pretty good on offense. Aaron Jones at running back. He also, um, the defense has been much improved in Green Bay. So, again, Green Bay, another team. Here's a sneaky good team, the Oakland Raiders. Oakland now 5-4 and four after their Thursday night win over uh, the Chargers. Gruden's done a great job in Oakland. Full credit to John Gruden. He's playing a lot of young kids, a lot of young guys. His draft picks have panned out. Josh Jacobs, Cleveland Farrell, uh, Max Crosby, those kind of guys. He's got a he's got an excellent tight end in Darren Waller. Um, Derek Carr is playing very under control, playing within the system. The Raiders are a team to be on the lookout to, be, to watch out for. They've got two winnable games the next two weeks with the Bengals and the Jets. So they very easily could be 7-4 and four before they head to Kansas City. The Raiders are definitely a team that is on the rise in the AFC. Let's go to some teams on the that are, that are very much underachieved. Cleveland Browns, number one, first and foremost. Baker Mayfield, that whole crew, that whole, that whole operation in Cleveland has been horrific. From Freddie Kitchens down to Baker Mayfield. Um, Kitchens de definitely looks like he's in over his head as the head coach. Just doesn't have much command of the, of the, of the responsibilities of the job. He's had gaffes in game management. He's had gaffes in play calling. I think he's trying to do too much on the play calling side. 
They brought in Todd Munkin from Tampa, which I know very well from last year. Let him call the plays. He did an excellent job in Tampa calling plays last year. They were a very prolific offense. Freddie needs to, to focus on being the head coach. Drink of water here. They have a dynamic offensive talent. They've got there's no no doubting their offensive skill, but again you have to be able to block them. The offensive line has not been great at all. Baker's been not very good at all. He's thrown a ton of interceptions. Doesn't look like he knows what's going on. You know he just he he he, he always has some drama hanging over his head. And that's just you just can't have that. You can't have there's all when you're the quarterback you can't always have drama hanging over your head. So Cleveland Browns definitely down 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 on the on the on the disappointment list. Chicago Bears huge disappointment. Mitchell Trubisky has taken a brunt of the the criticism there. The uh, he's just not played very well. I don't know if the offensive scheme has been very well designed to, to fit his skill set. Mitch is not a drop back in the pocket passer. He's a movement. Rollout, half rolls, options, RPOs, those type of things are what Mitch excels at, running the ball. So Chicago needs to get back to doing what he does best and not what Matt Nagy wants to try to force feed down the throat of Mitch Trubisky because they are just not in their, in their defense. Everybody talks about them being a championship defense, has not played. They played well at times, but they've not been, they've not been dominant. They had a chance last week in Philadelphia. They were down 19-14. Had a chance to stop the Eagles twice in the fourth quarter and couldn't. Allowed the Eagles to drive seven, eight-minute drive to kick a field goal at the end. So, um, you know, Khalil Mack, little, you know, not you not heard his name nearly as much this year as you did last year. So, um, Chicago has definitely been a huge disappointment. And the other big disappointment's been the Atlanta Falcons. Lots of hype coming out of Atlanta this year. A lot of pressure on Dan Quinn heading into the year. You had Matt Ryan. You got all the offensive players they got. Dan Quinn took over the play calling on defense. So they've been a total disaster. They've won in seven coming out of a bye. Quinn's going to get fired at the end of the year. Um, not sure what you do with Matt Ryan. I mean, he's getting to be where he's 32, 33, 34 years old. Been around a while. I mean, I know he's the franchise guy, but you, you, you almost have to – you almost have to really take a hard look and say, hey, do we want to continue with this or what? But uh, Atlanta could be a very interesting job because that could be a ready-made job for somebody to come in with a defensive background maybe to come in and instill some defense, some toughness into that team. Their defense is not good at all, but uh, the Falcons are one seven, probably been the biggest disappointment in the league. MVP, you got to say right now it's Russell Wilson's award to lose. Um, I think you, you got Christian McCaffrey's probably second on the list. You probably got a combination of Deshaun Watson and, and Lamar Jackson probably vying for third and fourth place. But right now, Russell Wilson, your MVP, he's just been dynamic. He's thrown one interception this whole year. I think 22 touchdowns, one pick. He is single-handedly carrying that Seattle team. Without Russell Wilson, they're probably they're probably two to three wins at most. Not a very good defense this year. The running game's pretty decent but with Carson, but Russell Wilson has definitely been the difference maker and the game winner. Instead of being a game manager, he's a game winner is what he is. So fantastic year for Russell Wilson so far. Definitely your MVP through the first half of the season. All right, let's get to some picks. We're going to go through all the, all the, all the pro games here. 
All right, Kansas City at Tennessee. Mahomes returns for the Chiefs. Good game there. Tennessee's kind of been spiraling up and down. Tannehill's played pretty well for Tennessee. I think Kansas City wins a wins a kind of a, a game in the high 20s. 20, I like Kansas City there. In ten, in Nashville will be a little tricky, but give me ten, give me uh, give me the Chiefs in ten in Nashville uh, to uh, win and cover the number. Buffalo Bills head to Cleveland. This is an Armageddon game for Cleveland. Buffalo coming in six and two. Uh, Cleveland up against the on the brink two and six. Got to win the game. I think Cleveland minus three at home. I think Cleveland's going to win the game at home. I don't trust Buffalo's offense on the road. Buffalo does have a good defense. Give me Cleveland at home uh, with their absolute backs against the wall. This is a Armageddon game. Give me Cleveland at home minus a three. Arizona comes here to the new Sombrero. Ray J. Raymond James Stadium to see the the, the two and six Bucks against the three, four, and one Arizona Cardinals. The Bucks have been on the road for the last six weeks, six, seven weeks, with road games, a game in London, a bye week. This is their first home game literally since the third game of the season. So um, I do I do think the Bucks are going to win the game tomorrow uh, on, on Sunday, minus the four and a half. I don't know about that. That's that's kind of a tricky. I could see Arizona scoring a backdoor touchdown to cover the number there, but I do think the Bucks will win the game. Jameis playing much better. The defense, the defensive backfield has got to play a little bit better. You know, the front seven's playing pretty well for the Bucks, but the defensive secondary has been a, been a sieve. Um, just giving up way too many yards. They're playing a bunch of young guys back there, so there's probably going to just be a continuous growing pains this year. But give me the Bucks at home in a, in a you know, 30-24, to 30-27 kind of game at home against the Cardinals. The Jets and the Giants, God, what a – if you're a New York sports fan – Wow, that is not good. But uh, I'll take the Giants at home minus a two and a half. It's a home game for the Jets. The Jets are a disaster. Um, Gase is, is 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 not the guy for that job. I'm, I don't think Pat Shermer is the guy for the Giants job either. But I'll take uh, Dan, Daniel Jones over Sam Darnold tomorrow on Sunday. New Orleans Saints host the Atlanta Falcons, minus 12.5. Give me New Orleans at home. Kamara's back. Jared Cook's back. I just don't think Atlanta will be able to stop them. Uh, that, that Again, AFC, NFC South rivalry, so it'll be a competitive game. 12.5's a big number. Uh, I would tease New Orleans down to 2.5 if you're, you're going to be in a teaser situation, a 10-point teaser is what I would do um, in that game. Twelve and a half is a lot of points because Matt Ryan can score some garbage points to make the game seem like it's closer than it is. But give me New Orleans at home. Baltimore Ravens minus ten going to Cincinnati. Winless Cincinnati making a quarterback change. Ryan Finley in for Andy Dalton. Lamar Jackson. I could see this game being a little bit of a sleepy game for the first quarter and a half halftime. Baltimore coming off a huge win, emotional win on Sunday night. Uh, Baltimore will win the game, but don't be surprised if this game's close at the half. Um, but I do think the Ravens, again, this would be another teaser game for me. If you're going to play the game, it'd be a good combination with New Orleans, Baltimore, and a 10-point teaser. Maybe the Colts as well, to where they just have to win the game. Because, uh, again, I could see this being a sleepy kind of 1 o'clock sleepy game in Cincinnati. There'll be about 25,000 people there. Um, so, give me the Ravens. 
Maybe closer than the experts think. Good game in Green Bay tomorrow. The Panthers come a call into Lambeau. Green Bay minus five and a half, six points. Coming off a dud performance in L.A. last week, I would expect Green Bay to come out very much focused, very uh, very attentive. Carolina, no more Cam Newton. Put, got put on IR this week. Again, you have Christian McCaffrey. You got Kyle Allen playing pretty well at quarterback for the Panthers. Um, I think Green Bay wins the game. I would put Green Bay in a teaser as well. I, I like Green Bay, Tampa in a teaser together. Just Again, just win the game. I love me some six-point teasers in the NFL. So many games in the NFL are decided by you know, three, four, seven points. But I, I love NFL teasers. I think that's where typically you have to just, if you like the favorite, tease them down where they just win the game. And if you really like the underdog, tease them up and you get, you basically going to get double digits with an underdog if you, if you really like them. But I like Green Bay tomorrow at home. I think Rodgers will come back and play pretty well at home. McCaffrey will play well as well. So in a, I also could see that this being an over game, over 46, 47. Detroit going to Chicago. Chicago two and a half point favorites at home against Detroit. God, this Detroit team, I just don't know how to read them. They've uh, they've played so competitively all year. They've won games. They've beat Minnesota. They've you know they've taken teams. To, they should have beaten Green Bay in Green Bay. Lost last week in Oakland. Had four shots from the three yard line in Oakland. Um, you know, I feel bad for Patricia because they're playing really. They've got a pretty decent team, but Matt Stafford is he the guy really can that, that can get it done? In crunch time, he's very good against bad teams, but can he win, beat good teams? I just don't know if he can. This is definitely a stay away game if you're a, if you're a uh, you're looking for some action. Stay away from this game. I couldn't tell you what to read on Mitch Trubisky, um, that Chicago defense. I mean, I just I just I just have no confidence in that offense to be able to score some points. Um, I'm going to take Chicago with a late field goal at the end to win the game, but who knows. Miami heads to Indianapolis. Indy minus ten or so. De- debatable. What? Who's going to start at quarterback for the Colts? Is it Brian? Is it Brian Hoyer? Is it Brissett? Brissett hurt his knee last week in Pittsburgh with an MCL sprain. Didn't return. Hoyer played pretty well in Pittsburgh, but he did throw a pick six to Minka Fitzpatrick, which turned the game. Vinatieri missed a very makeable forty-yard kick with about a minute to go in the game. Very looked very bad. I think I, I hate to say it. I think Adams on his. I know he is. There's no doubt about it. He's on his last uh, six, seven games in the NFL. It, it would not have shocked me if he were, would have retired on Monday because he, he just kicked the ball so poorly last week. Um, he has been very so much up and down this this year. It's been incredible for a guy as good as he's been in his career. So, But I like the Colts at home. I'll take the Colts. The Dolphins got their first win of the year last year. Good for good for Flores to finally get the win and not have to worry about the loot, you know, going winless. They're clearly rebuilding and probably clearly don't want to win, but maybe one more game if at all possible, uh, because they do want the number one pick. So they need the quarterback selection to get Tua. From all indications, is they is they're going to draft a quarterback, but I'll take the Colts tomorrow. Interesting game. Pittsburgh hosts the L.A. Rams. The Rams minus three and a half, coming off a bye week. You know you got the Rams offense. You got Pittsburgh as as as. And salvage the season. They're four and four. Rudolph's done a good job filling in for Roethlisberger. The defense has played a lot better the last four weeks. I'm going to take the Steelers in the points, but I think the Rams are going to win the game. 
I'm going to take Steelers in the points, but I think the Rams win a very, very close game. Coming off a bye week, golf. No Brandon Cooks, who's having major concussion issues. Don't be surprised if Cooks gets put on IR for the rest of the year and potentially could retire because he's had numerous concussions in his in his short six-year six career. So don't be surprised if you see Brandon Cooks step away from the game. Sunday night, Minnesota at Dallas. Dallas with a with a lethargic but lethargic win Monday night at the Giants. Minnesota coming off a upset loss at Kansas City. Huge win for the Chiefs last week with Matt Moore. Cousins played pretty good, but the Minnesota defense did not play very good. Gave up a long touchdown run to Damian Williams. Gave up a long touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. I love the Cowboys here. I think Dallas at home Sunday night. Kirk Cousins against a good team is not necessarily a good good recipe. Typically is not good. So give me Dallas at home Sunday night. Laying the three, I like that. And then you got Monday night, Seattle going to San Francisco. San Francisco is minus about six. I'm going to take San Francisco. I think the defense is going to be able to contain Russell Wilson. I think coming off a bye or extended extra day's rest, they played Thursday night. So they basically have a week and a half to get ready for this game. I like San Francisco at home. Garoppolo, the receiving core, the running game. Give me San Francisco laying the points at home Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. Well, I appreciate you listening. That's it. We're done for this episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. We'll see you next week. Tell a friend. Share our podcast. We love some comments. Love the listeners and appreciate your support. Have a great weekend.